Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to discuss why energy CEOs are so bullish. Earnings season has given plenty of executives the opportunity to talk on the record about their business. This includes management teams of energy companies. Mike Worth, Chevron CEO, was on CNBC last week. Chevron's stock is up 30% this year, reflecting the strong rally in energy stocks. It also didn't hurt that Warren Buffett added Chevron to Berkshire's portfolio. Electric vehicles are gaining market share. Outside of California, they have pretty low penetration across the U.S., but globally, they're almost 7% of auto sales. Here's what Mike Worth had to say when CNBC asked him if he was worried about declining gasoline demand from EVs. Light-duty vehicle transportation is only about 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions, and so we need to find solutions to uh, the other 90%. In an Investor Day presentation recently, Mike Worth had this to say about the long-term outlook for oil and gas consumption. The drivers that uh, that we look at remain largely intact, and uh, and demand growth in energy around the world is driven by a growing population, seven and a half billion people on the planet today, nine billion by by 2040, and a rising middle class. And uh, all of that requires more energy, and it will require energy of all types. And and so we see uh, still continued growth in our core business out for the next couple of decades. Saying the world is going to be using more oil and gas than it is using today is a controversial view. Democrats want to see oil and gas consumption come down fast, and investors have been worrying for years about public policy and consumer choices leaving oil and gas companies with stranded assets. Growth in incomes is why energy use will continue upwards, but that's not inconsistent with lowering greenhouse gas emissions. Natural gas is our most effective tool for getting more cleaner energy. Remember from a previous slide that natural gas CO2 emissions are the lowest of the hydrocarbons. Like LPG and crude oil, the U.S. has rapidly become an important player in global LNG markets, where it's mostly used for power generation. The emission comparisons are stunning. That was Tony Shovenek from Enterprise Products Partners at their recent ESG day. Liquefied natural gas exports from the U.S. have doubled in the past year. We are helping countries in Asia and Latin America to use less coal which means they produce electricity with less emissions than they otherwise would. It's why energy companies are holding ESG days nowadays, because the best of them are part of the solution, and they have an increasingly important story to tell. When you convert it into energy, the byproduct's water. In addition to our space program, the primary applications for hydrogen today are in refining and pet chems. But governments around the world, especially in Europe, are subsidizing studies and many pilot projects to use more hydrogen because of its clean attributes, especially when produced from renewable power. 
Hydrogen certainly has some exciting long-term prospects. And in time, we believe several applications will be developed economically and at scale. Hydrogen is getting lots of attention lately. Sometimes it seems as if companies just find a way to mention hydrogen to boost their stock price. The energy industry already handles hydrogen for industrial customers. It burns without releasing any pollution. In fact, it just produces water vapor. Today, producing hydrogen is expensive, around three to five times the cost of natural gas. But if public policy starts to price in the externalities of burning fossil fuels, and if the technology improves, hydrogen could become a viable part of our energy system. The EU is already planning to create a hydrogen industry over the next two decades. Midstream energy infrastructure is well situated to handle hydrogen if it becomes an important source of fuel. Last year, the North American pipeline sector doubled its free cash flow generation. I think this was an amazing outcome, made even more remarkable because of COVID. Here's Natalie Gaydon from Enterprise Products Partners during their recent Investor Day. As you can have the largest, most profound acreage dedication with the biggest, most creditworthy producer. But when that producer's capital deployment for the year gets constrained to longer cycle investments, not necessarily investments with greater return, you realize how valuable getting a take or pay in a short cycle shell play is. So in this slide, I want to emphasize two things. Number one, we will get paid. Over 70% of our nameplate capacity is take or pay volume with investment grade producers past 2028. That has increased significantly since 2019. And number two, the integrated value chain leveraged this assurance. We get paid. I love that line. It's why the cash flows from the pipeline sector are more stable than people sometimes think. It reflects how they approach the business at Enterprise and why the sector is in such strong financial shape, even though it's still priced as if there is stress everywhere. Energy has had a good few weeks. Energy executives have had plenty of good news to report. COVID restrictions are gradually being lifted. As Ronald Reagan, my favorite president, said, it's morning again in America. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.